0: Hello everyone, it's Dr. Kabeca on a special edition of Couch Talk, talking about a favorite and intimate topic that most women really don't want to talk about, but probably should. Today on Couch Talk, we have Dr. Brianne Grogan. She is a doctor of physical therapy, originally from Portland, Oregon, but currently living with her family in beautiful Rhineland region of Germany. She in, was inspired by her own pregnancy and postpartum struggles. Brienne chose to specialize in the field of women's health, physical therapy, with an emphasis on the diagnosis and treatment of pelvic floor disorders. In 2009, Brienne left the traditional role as a clinician and started her own fitness revolution called Femfusion Fitness, Femfusion Fitness. In addition to her focus on fitness and holistic wellness, Brianne is also a certified women's health and nutrition coach. She does not believe in one-size-fits-all diet and exercise plans, but stands by her motto for vibrant health, eat clean, and move every day. It's really simple when it comes down to it. So Brienne's new book called "Lady Bits: Understand Your Body, Elevate Your Health, and Reclaim Your Spark Naturally" is now available in digital and print. And I'm very excited to also be mentioned in the book as well for our sexual CPR um, ideas and program. And I really encourage all of you take a look, Lady Bits. I know these are things we really are undercover talking about, and it's important to get it from reliable healthy, holistic, wholesome sources. Dr. Brian, it's great to have you here with us today. Wonderful to be here. Thank you so, so
1: much. This is an honor. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, likewise. And coming from Germany, it's nice to be able to see you. And yes. over yes. here on St. Simon's Island, just across the ocean. <laughs> across the pond. <laughs> across the pond, exactly. So tell us a little bit about your journey, how you came to write your book, Lady Bits, which, of course, I love the title, being traveling (laughs) to England and Australia and having that English um, uh, terminology. Exactly,
1: yes, Lady Bits, Lady Bits. Um, Yes, I, well, there's just so many reasons I wrote this book, but I'd say the main, the main, it mainly comes down to the, to the point that I really wanted to just share some basic health information with women, information that I had noticed when I was practicing in the clinic as a physical therapist. I'm no longer in the clinic, I'm mainly focusing on my fitness and um, holistic wellness side of my business. But when I was in the clinic, there were several things that women had no idea that there was help for, that they um, weren't the only ones dealing with certain problems. And so I really wanted to bring that to light. Um, And then I, of course, I had my own um, health journey. I think that so many of us who write books or, you know, are in the wellness field, we have all struggled with our own our own issues and so I really felt called to kind of share that in my book and to um, just again let people know that they're
0: not alone they're not weird they're normal there's help absolutely and I think what I like too about your messaging is that you also as, as we have in our sexy under you program my colleague and I we really wanted to take the word sexy back so yeah. define sexy from your um, view
1: Oh my gosh, sexy is all about the inside. It's not about the outside. It's all about how you feel and about your confidence, really. I mean, it's really just confidence. And so um, that's, and just the glow from the inside out that you can portray when you're doing what you need for your individual body to feel your best, to live your best, healthiest life. Um, so it's really, it's different for most people, but really it's just an individual thing, and it's all
0: about confidence. I agree, and I like um, one definition I've I've read was you're magnificent. Magnificent, healthy, vibrant, energetic, and as we reclaim our health, right, we have this magnetism to, and, and, You know, in discernment that we need always to have with this, with reclaiming our sexy. I think that's really important because we can magnetize positive and negative. But the more focused we are, we really magnetize and emanate that positiveness. And it's hard to feel sexy when you're having pelvic pain. Oh my gosh. Yes, so hard. Um, it, that's just the pelvic pain, um,
1: bladder leakage. I mean, all of these things that many women deal with. And again, that's just so huge of, of my book and my message is, it's okay. Let's talk about this stuff. This, this stuff happens. So um, let's talk about it so that we can then overcome it and deal with it and be our most confident selves so we can shine from the inside out and radiate that sex appeal to our partners, and just to the world at large. You know, you don't have to be sexy to your neighbor down the street, but there is something, there is a confidence and a way about you that you can have that is just sort of a, it's an attitude. So, so that everyone will notice.
0: Yeah, so let's talk about these things, because, you know, we, we lose that sense with our feminine anatomy, right, with our lady vets. We lose that sense of connection when we are having this bladder leakage um, pelvic pain, vaginal dryness, discharge, pain with sex, constipation. We feel like, hey, you know, does my do my lady bits look abnormal versus embracing our unique identity and our unique anatomy. So let's talk about some things that you do to, you know, how do you address this with your clients and what are um, some tips that you give in dealing uh, with? Yeah, I mean, one of the main things
1: is just, just knowing the um, anatomical terms and definitions and where things actually are, because um, a lot of us don't actually know. There was a study that I quoted um, in my in my book that uh, it was half of women who are 26 to 35 years old were not able to identify the vagina on a on a diagram, and <laughs> it's it's kind of a scary statistic. Um, I don't think it was a large-scale study, but still, I thought, well, this is relevant because that age range in particular is, I mean, the age when people are in their reproductive years, and I mean, really, <laughs> that's, you need to know your anatomy. And so the first thing we talk about um, that I like to tell tell people about in my book and then I would tell my clients about is just getting to know their anatomy, getting to know the terms, getting to know... Um, where everything is getting to know more about your menstrual cycle, that kind of thing. Um, actually taking a look, actually touching, actually feeling with your hands. Um, just really getting intimate with yourself. I, I always say that you should know yourself better than your partner does. Know your body better than your partner does. And I think that a lot of women um, don't. They they just I don't know. It's almost like they've given up control of their body to their partner and really. It
0: shouldn't be that way. I I don't like using the word should, but I'm going to have to in this case. (laughs) Or or hands off, right? Don't identify, don't feel good. Okay, you know, this is um, a temporary interaction and, you know, I don't want to know any more about it versus claiming it and owning, right? Owning our femininity, owning our feminine uh, anatomy, and also claiming it. And, you know, we just. You know, there's the protection, and there's the maintenance, and there's the genuine care and lovingness, right? We are. I mean, that's a huge, huge energetic point in traditional in traditional medicine, traditional healing techniques. Our energy in our pelvic floor is hugely powerful. So oh having a good gosh. connection with it, but also understanding where there's a disconnect. I want to show. I pulled out your your book to show. Um, In the diagram of, you know, and I'm a gynecologist, so I love anatomy. And, um, you know, looking at the pubic bone, and, and, and people listening, you can just feel down to your pubic bone, the hard bone, and directly under you're going to have your urethra that's the first hole you get to and then the second is the vagina and then the third is the rectum and it's important to understand it's all part of a part of healthy pelvic floor and healthy maintenance why we get bladder infections after intercourse or why is there a discharge and you know issues with um Constipation, or or rectal pain, or even fecal incontinence becomes an issue too. So, understanding that it's it's all connected, close proximity, yes, and care is uh, really important. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and one thing that I like to talk about and bring up is um, pelvic organ prolapse, which is something that I think a lot of women. It's a very common condition, but it's something that. I think is even less talked about than um, incontinence and bladder leakage. Sure. And I think that some sometimes we, as a society, have started to almost even make light of bladder leakage. And that's, you know, it started to be talked about and even joked about, and there's incontinence protection and that kind of thing. But I think that prolapse, which is when the pelvic organs hang a little low, is sort of my easy definition of it, um, is something that women don't really always know even what is going on, what that is, that it could be something to, that they may have to look forward to in their future and that there are things they can do to prevent it. So as far as anatomy, that's another thing is I like to talk about um, the anatomy, but then things that can happen down the line and things you can do to helpfully prevent those things from happening.
0: Absolutely. And I want to just entice our listeners to make sure you go to our my couch talk page the so QuebecaHelp.com forward slash couch talk and you'll be able to get a couple free gifts that Brianna is sharing with you so I want to encourage you to go to QuebecHealth.com forward slash couch talk and there are a couple links there that will send you to her free gifts including four free feel good workouts as well as two chapters of her book, Lady Bits. Again, I want to encourage you to get her book, which is on Amazon as well. So Dr. Brianne, tell us about um, in your book you talk about zipping up and in yeah. your video. So tell us what your what that means. Well it's just
1: the most um, it's just the most important thing <laughs> as far as really using your core muscles effectively when you are doing focused core strengthening exercises and also when you're doing things such as lifting. Um, All of us um, lift things and those of us who are mothers uh, all have had experiences having to lift babies over and over and over again throughout the day, sometimes for years we're lifting babies. And um, something that's really important to do is engaging your core not just to protect your back That is a piece of it, but also to protect your pelvic floor and to prevent that downward pressure that can happen when you're hoisting something up. So zipping up involves engaging your core muscles, and the core is more than just the abs, the abdominal muscles. It includes the pelvic floor, the abs, the back, really the hips are in there too, and then the breathing diaphragm. So you want to zip up, which means to pretend like you're putting on a pair of high-waisted jeans, like really high-waisted 70s-style jeans. And you're starting down low at the base of that zipper, and that's engaging your pelvic floor. So a very gentle lift of the pelvic floor muscles. And then you're pulling gently in and up with your deep abdominals, like you're really zipping on those jeans. And then you want to make sure that you don't thrust your rib cage forward when you do that. So you want to button that top button to kind of pull your lower ribs in because the alignment there is actually really important that you want to have the lower ribs and the front tips of the um, pelvis, the anterior superior iliac spines of the pelvis, uh, in line as well as the pubic one. Everything wants to really be in line here. You don't want this to be happening and you certainly don't want this to be happening. So it's really all about uh, Engaging the core muscles from the bottom up and holding it in proper alignment. And that's what the zipping up is all about.
0: Well, I like that visual. And also, we have this video for our iPod, our podcast listeners on YouTube. Also, yeah. Google us and get us there. Now, that also, this part of zipping up leads to a flatter tummy, a perkier booty. Tell us how. Yeah, absolutely. I
1: mean, definitely. When you're really focusing on that zipping up during your um, focused core strengthening, you don't need to zip up all day long. I want to first clear the air there. This doesn't need to be something you need to be walking around holding all day. But when you're doing your focused core work, it's really important to be targeting the right muscles. And when you're targeting those deep abdominals that go around your waist like a corset, you're going to be doing the, the best work for creating a real flat tummy and when you're not letting your ribs thrust forward then and pulling everything in that's helping to make sure that the correct muscles are being activated when you're doing your focused core work. So it it really does make a difference. Um, the other key is to again be zipped up and making sure you're using those right muscles when you're doing really traditional exercises such as abdominal crunches and not there are lots of other ab exercises you can do besides abdominal crunches, and I, I give quite a few examples in my book and, and on my videos on YouTube and stuff, but a lot of people still do crunches, so just make sure when you are doing crunches that you're not letting your belly pooch up, because that happens all the time. I see it, and all the time. I've been to so many fitness classes, and... So many times, unfortunately, have not heard the instructor tell people to pull in as they're crunching and to exhale as they're crunching because that really helps pull in and engage the right muscles. When everything's pooching up, you're you're basically setting your muscles in the wrong position, in kind of a poochy position. So it's also not good if you have diastasis recti, which is a very common condition where the um, rectus abdominis muscles split. um, the connective tissue underneath uh, loosens and and gets uh, there's lack of integrity there. So that's a very common condition, and zipping up can help heal that as well. So there's just lots of reasons to really understand what you're doing when you're doing your core moves. That's just really a huge part of it too is just body awareness, improving your own awareness of what's going on in your core, in your pelvic floor, in your abs, feeling it and getting that brain-body connection so you know what it is that you're doing. You're not just flipping through a bunch of crunches. So,
0: Yeah, that's an excellent point. I know with that abdominal, different abdominal exercises, different squatting techniques, we're actually causing an intense amount of measurable pressure on the pelvic floor, which leads to um, And we talked about that weakening of the pelvic floor. I want to let our listeners know if you've had prolapse incontinence and certainly weakness, vaginal dryness, et cetera, that there are treatments. I've been, uh, you know, in my medical practice prescribing vaginal hormone therapies. And um, for our listeners who want to be on the first of the list for my DHEA vulvar rejuvenation cream. Please send an email to gims.cabecahealth.com, and we'll get you on that list for the first issue that cream is coming out soon. But a little bit of hormones can go a long way, so your gynecologist can... Prescribe pelvic floor, de- vaginal DHEA or testosterone, even progesterone to help build muscle in the pelvic floor. When you've lost that integrity, you've lost that weakness. Now if there's fascial damage, it's hard, but with all the incontinence procedures that are being performed and all the consequences and painful consequences after the fact, uh, a little bit of prevention and pre even pre-operative therapy with vaginal hormones is it changes the game completely. And in my practice, I remember at one point doing six surgical slings for urinary incontinence in one day. And I started using vaginal hormones and I hadn't had to do, you know, maybe one in three years after that. So it makes a huge, measurable difference in the pelvic floor. There's hope. So for vaginal dryness prolapse incontinence there's a lot we can do non-surgically that's available you just have to find someone who knows And, and in my experience too with being able to get this out to the masses right is it, you know the prescribing patterns are, are, are different difficult finding a physician so using a vulvar DHA cream that works on the pelvic floor and then can also penetrate the circulation a little bit can also help with that and with your exercises it's an excellent combination so let's let's give a couple examples or talk a a, a, couple, a little bit more about the exercises to help with incontinence and the pelvic floor, floor prolapse. And and what that feels like for women too, is at the end of the day, you feel heavier in your pelvis than you do at the beginning of the day. And and many patients come in saying, you know, I just feel like something's falling out or I just have this heaviness, but it's, you know, in questioning, it's mostly towards the end of the day. So we have to look, how are you sitting? How are you standing? How is your posture? What are you doing to consciously rebuild that pelvic floor? So share Um, techniques oh and- my
1: gosh. Okay. Well, you just hit on, you hit on, it's a multi, you know, multifaceted approach here. So like you just said, uh, body mechanics are huge. You've got to be doing your exercises correctly and not like just completely not thinking about your pelvic floor and zipping up when you're lifting weights or squatting or that kind of thing. You've got to think about body mechanics when you're lifting. You've got to zip up. You've got to have, maintain that proper posture so that you're not tucking your po- bottom, under, or, you know, doing something that would put a lot of downward pressure on your pelvic organs. Um, You've got to be having regular bowel movements so you're not pushing every time you have to go to the bathroom, you know, so you're not straining. So you've got to keep yourself regular. But as far as exercise, um, there is just a ton you can do. And um, really, the thing is, a lot of people will think of kegels initially, and kegels are, are good for most many people. <laughs> I'm careful with this, because there are some people for whom kegels are actually not, not okay. Some people have hyperactive, very tense, um, painful pelvic floor muscles. It's too much. And so they actually need to learn to relax before they can start effectively strengthening the pelvic floor, contracting and relaxing. So I think kegels are, I've seen them work wonders when I was in the clinic and with just um, personal interactions, even with myself. They've worked great, but you have to do them right. And so in addition to kegels where you are um, squeezing and lifting gently your pelvic floor and then fully relaxing, um, again, those aren't okay for everybody, but Exercises that are good for almost everybody include butt exercises. You've got to get your butt going. You've got to get your glutes firing. So you can do a lot of great squats. Again, zipping up your, your core muscles and doing good, you know, regular squats where you're just going down, sitting way back, and then coming on up. You can actually do a squat stretch where you're coming all the way down low and just holding a nice deep squat stretch. You can do focused um. Focused glute work, like leg lifts and that kind of thing. That's not quite as functional as squats, but it's still a good exercise. Um, You can do, I have a great exercise called the hip activator series where you're actually lying on your back. You have your feet together. Your knees are bent. Your feet are together. You drop your knees apart. You engage your pelvic floor and your core muscles, and you lift your butt off the ground. And you hold it there, so it's kind of like a butterfly position where your bottom is off the ground, your core is strong and engaged, your spine is long, so your back isn't arching, and you're just holding it there. That's activating the entire core, the inner thighs, which help overflow to activate the pelvic floor, the glutes, the hip rotators, which overflow to activate the pelvic floor, the deep abs, all of those great deep core muscles really activate the pelvic floor. It all works together. And so that's a wonderful um, exercise you can do, and just holding that for up to two minutes.
0: Um, so you hold, you do your feet together as if you're doing a bridge, right? So as if you're doing a bridge. Mm-hmm. Together, and then let your knees go open, and then lift your bottom up, contract your yes. pelvic floor, and hold it for up to two minutes.
1: Yes, and that's described in my book. I call it the Hip Activator um, Series. It is um, actually something I learned from my yoga teacher. It's, you know, it's all kind of an amalgam of, of things I've learned from here and there and everywhere, some of my own things that are original moves that are original. Some are taken from other um, disciplines, other teachers, other, other um, people like that. This is one that I learned from my yoga teacher, and I thought it was just fantastic. It just activates everything, and it's very safe on the for the pelvic floor. Your hips are elevated, so it's actually kind of – Pulling every allowing everything to fall back down into place Um, I hope this is making sense the position is sort of a bridge like position So everything's going down with gravity toward your back into where it should be if you have have a Yeah, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to describe that one. Maybe I'll (laughs) Maybe I'll link to a clip of it, but um, Just a bridge exercise is wonderful where your hips are lifted off the ground and again, that utilizes gravity to kind of pull the pelvic organs back into place if you have prolapse. It's a really comfortable comfortable position as well, other than as an exercise. You can just rest your hips on a couple of pillows at the end of the day and let the pelvic organs kind of come back into place and just rest there, not working, not using your glutes or your legs to keep your hips up, just resting with your hips on pillows. And again, that allows everything to just kind of come back into place so the Pelvic organs are not pressing down on the pelvic floor.
0: That is a really important concept, too, is this hip activation and hip opening exercises. Because one of the most debilitating things for women and men when we get older are, you know, damage to the hip, hip replacements, debilitating, incapacitating, and it's often, I would say, and at the majority of times, a downward spiral. And one of our, as women, um, setups for that hip replacement is continuously crossing our leg so we have to do the reverse because here we're taking our, our, our legs crossing them rotating our, our um, hip bones and our joints outward when we need to again keep the, open it keep that flexibility and keep that limberness you know, consistent through time so that we don't have adhesions in this direction. So all of a sudden you fall, which I fell off my horse yesterday, and totally straddled sideways off her. So I'm totally um recognizing that I'm not doing enough hip opening exercises, but um but you know that that would that could definitely something like that type of fall can lead to need for a hip replacement or even a, a broken Um, bone for sure so that's important to understand so opening and decreasing adhesions as they form in the hip sockets from constantly sitting and crossing our legs inward versus outward and and that's an important um, point you bring up that hip activation excellent addition to our regimens Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: yeah yeah and the crossing the legs is actually a really um, important thing that you're bringing up just on kind of a Separate but related note, which is just repeatedly doing something in one direction. Usually, people cross their legs always on the same side, always crossing the right over the left or vice versa. Um, you know, anytime you're always doing something on one side, it's gonna it's gonna jack you up. You know, it's gonna make your alignment become off. And so, you know, just really like you're saying, bringing awareness to your body and opening things up. Switching things up, making sure that you're balanced is really important for
0: your long-term health and just long-term consequences. Yeah. And, and your exercise that you showed us in that deep squat all the way down, even resting up against a wall, right? Just to keep that stretch. Now, should you be pulling up on your pelvic floor, zippering up when you're in that squat? Gently engaged it's going to be naturally
1: activated anyway, but it's actually a really nice position to feel the pelvic floor You can very really nicely sense the pelvic floor muscles practice I actually have people engaging their pelvic floor and then relaxing their pelvic floor in that position It's a really nice position to feel because the muscles are on slight stretch And so you can feel a nice contraction and then a nice release which is really again key since you know, there is that subset of people and can actually be quite a few people actually carry too much tension in that area. So it's important to really feel that release. Mm, So true. Yeah. Again, I just, I keep saying it, but it really all comes back to getting to know your body and, and improving body awareness and really understanding what areas of your body feel like the muscles, your anatomy, just how they feel in you and how, what's normal, what's not.
0: So Brianne, give us two exercises for women to do for the pelvic floor again, in summary, um, that we should do every day, three times a week, you know, and a couple key exercises that we should do, especially as we get older. Okay, yeah, Um,
1: that's a, okay, I'm gonna give you my favorite one, this is definitely an everyday thing for me, is hip circles. Hip circles are huge. Hip circles are wonderful. I um, am a huge promoter of hip circles. Essentially, what you're going to do, this is not, not focused on your pelvic floor, but it's really activating all of the muscles in your hips and pelvis, even your low back and your abdominals as well, so that whole lower area of your core. So I know that this is a podcast, and I think there's some video action too, so not everyone can see me, but um, you, do, you basically draw a circle on the floor beneath you with your hips. It's very simple, uh, but it's something that many people don't really ever do. And so (laughs) it can feel weird, but that's one great reason to do it because it gets you out of that straight, plain, linear movement uh, pattern of, you know, walking is wonderful. Walking is probably my other exercise to do every day. Walking is great. It uses all of your muscles. It really activates the glutes. It activates everything in the hips. It's so good for your heart, your entire body, circulation, everything. But it's pretty straight ahead. So between walking, which is a big activity for people, and then sitting, which is a huge activity, unfortunately, for people, (laughs) we're not doing much to kind of get out of that straight ahead linear, you know, Uh, movement pattern so hip circles will have you going around in a big circle you're tracing a circle on the floor beneath you you can really use your abdominals make the circle small and controlled and then you can also loosen up and just be free and make the circles nice and big keeping your shoulders fairly still and really just moving the lower part of the body so the, the hips so I love hip circles personally I do hip circles every morning and um, I would say there's something that any, any woman, I have a hard time saying any because blanket statements are difficult to make, especially as medical providers. We don't like to do that. But they're, they're very safe and they're very effective. They also help stimulate digestion, which is huge. So um, yeah, hip circles and walking. I also love squatting. And for, the, for many women, I think that a few kegels are, are good to do a couple, three times a week.
0: Okay, excellent, and I think that's true. Initially, when I was um, in gynecology and working also with pregnant mom, right, I was like, okay, you know, give yourself a trigger. Every time you're at a stop sign or hear the water run, just think about contracting your pelvic floor. But true, like anything, you don't want to do it continuously all day, intermittent, all our muscles need rest. But if you focus on the activity, I agree, three times a week, like have a focused time okay this is my kegel time um or i hate to say kegel I, pelvic floor exercises i'm like i can't give you know a <laughs> for our pelvic floor naming an exercise so pubic muscle exercises pelvic floor, you're zipping up exercises and and that's that's a beautiful it's a beautiful thing and plus those hip circles and i forgot about those we definitely have to do those it's like that yeah amazing. add some good music it's fun great way to start the day and it's kind of sexy like it's a little yeah. bit i mean men can do this too men can
1: but it's very feminine it's a very flowing just a fun free movement and i i just think it feels good and it always brings a smile to my face and just it just starts my day off really nicely
0: i like that i like that a lot that's a great one and so between our our hip circles having good walks and um uh, the squatting for the hip and the hip opening, gosh, you've given us a lot of great stuff. The hip opening because men have it easy, right? We have to cross our, our cross our legs, better maybe to cross our ankles, right? Um, tucked behind us the feminine seat. But men get to put their, you know, foot across their knee and open up their hips, right? They can sit that way. Not so good for us, but when we get a chance to sit Indian style or cross legged and, and do this hip and hip opening exercise, I can't emphasize how important that is, especially to protect the hips and improve flexibility and keep those joints beautiful, liquid, and mobile throughout our life. It's huge. Now, I want to go over a couple parts of, of lady bits with uh, our listeners, too. Brand, share with us a, uh, you know, a couple case examples and the importance of caring for our lady bits. Mm well um certain things one
1: one that just comes to mind right now is um is a woman there's there's so many examples do you mean examples from my book or examples from anything anything you want to share yeah anything. okay um, well, I think that one would be a A client and a friend of mine, she's become a good friend, um, underwent a hysterectomy and sling procedure and and several, a a big surgical intervention for for some issues she was having, including prolapse. And she felt very much that she didn't have the information she needed before going into that. I think every medical interaction, every provider is different, but it's it's important to ask all the questions to see perhaps if there's anything that might be tried that is more of a conservative um, method of treatment before moving on to that. If you have any questions, you really need to have all the information and the facts because she was, she was upset afterwards. She was upset that she had gone through such a um, Big procedure when and really invasive procedure, a major procedure when it's possible that there could have been other things she could have tried because that was never brought up to her. The other options were never brought up to her, and it's possible that she was too far advanced in her prolapse to uh, an incontinence to benefit from those more conservative options. But we'll never know because it was just jumped to, and so um, that's a really. I think that's a really. Um, kind of a heart-wrenching one that it's an undoable thing and, you know, she can't go back. She's had the hysterectomy, she's had the procedures, and she's okay, she's, she's doing fine, but there has been some changes, the more kind of rapid um, aging of the vagina, the dry, the vaginal dryness, the hormonal issues that happen from having the, the hysterectomy, bef- you know, quite young, really. Um, and in some cases, again, it's absolutely necessary. But in other cases, maybe there are other options that can be explored. And so that's one thing as far as knowing your lady bits and understanding your body and just having confidence in yourself as a woman and ownership over your body. It can help you make informed decisions when you're going to the doctor
0: or just making any type of decisions about your health. Yeah, no, this point is so, so... um... Really important to make, especially as a gynecologist and having performed all these procedures and then learning the integrative ways and holistic ways, because even after that procedure, we didn't get to the underlying issues that caused the problem to begin with. So unless we now do the things that we should do before surgery, like the pelvic floor exercises, maybe the vaginal hormone therapy, the dietary changes, right? Very um, healthy, high high healthy fats and high protein and low in carbs and good fermented foods, the vaginal microbiota, right? The, the healthy bacteria that lives within our vagina is important to healing and repairing and often is is part of the problem when, you know, the, the GI, track etc all of that is part of the problem we have problems with our lady bits so can you know understanding that is really important and then uh, so the pelvic floor exercises the um, understanding too that if you're having example postpartum prolapse that Mm -hmm. will get better over time so there's nothing we have to do right away, you know, unless, unless there's a severe prolapse, third degree, we call it fourth degree, and we have a whole way to measure that um, in gynecology. But if there's a severe, we can still use temporarily, we can still use a pessary. And on my website, I sell, you know, uh, vaginal uh, weighted balls to use in the vagina to just start strengthening the pelvic floor. I would love your take on those, but I found those to be useful in just passive stimulation of the muscle as we're using either vaginal hormone or even coconut oil vaginally, or ghee, purified butter from grass fed cows, butter, you know, all that stuff, purified ghee vaginally as well. And that can help restore part of the lining help you focus on repairing the pelvic floor so there's a lot we can do um, conservatively to say okay we did all these things and we don't have the results that we want now we need to do a repair but then we're dealing with healthy tissue healthy muscle healthy fascia and your repair will be better yes it's like a That's
1: huge. And that's, that's prehab. You know, it's pre rehab. It's doing it before the surgery instead of just after the surgery, which many people don't even do it after the surgery, but just like anything with a a knee, a knee replacement or a hip replacement, it's important to do prehab, not just rehab. So yeah, that's a great point you make about another reason for trying conservative first is improving the integrity of everything. So yeah. um, My take on, on vaginal weights or the balls, is that really they can help to, again, improve that body awareness and give you that tactile biofeedback, that sensory biofeedback about what it is that they're supposed to be feeling. That sensation of pulling the marble into their body can really help know that they're doing the Kegel correctly or not. So I think that's the the biggest benefit for those types of devices, absolutely. And um, I think, though, that they can, especially you have to be, careful that that they're not um being used on someone with the hyperactive pelvic floor muscles and then causing more tension and potentially more dysfunction there so that's kind of a case-by-case situation or just something where someone has to really know their their body and
0: so true and, and let's talk hyperactive pelvic floor muscles are more on the rarity versus relaxed and atrophic and worn out and prolapsed. but let's talk about that because women who have it can seek treatment for years of, you know, and I had, I saw this one client I was consulting with a doctor in Tampa and she'd been around the nation with pelvic floor pain spasms, you know, and, and I evaluated her in two fingers in the vagina to feel the pelvic floor muscles and just applying direct pressure lets the muscle relax and she was able to feel that relaxation and her pain was gone. Now that's something she had to keep doing, teach her husband to do that for her and with her or learn to do it herself. But if, partner was willing and and taught him to do it with her just to relax the pelvic floor especially prior to intercourse because often they can't have intercourse because of vaginal spasms and the pain so teaching that technique just that pelvic floor relaxation and a little bit of pressure just as if you had a spasm in your your deltoid muscle or any anywhere else in your body you would apply apply um pressure to relax that muscle and the same with the pelvic floor so I've seen many cases of that where they end up having surgery think it's because it's pelvic pain or endometriosis or and it's not none of those things it's actually spasm which can also cause either constipation and diarrhea all innervated in the same region important to be aware of that
1: definitely I actually a little another case study not from my book but from my work as a physical therapist, uh, many of my patients were there for pain with intercourse and pelvic pain. And uh, a young woman, woman that came to me was recently married and she had not had sex before marriage. And when she they did get married, she couldn't have sex, I mean it was completely, it was, it was impossible. And um, because of the spasm and the pain in the pelvic floor muscles. And so we did exactly what you're talking about. The women's health physical therapy specialty is trained in the release of the pelvic floor muscles, um, internal release of the pelvic floor like you're describing. And we taught her husband how to help as well. And she was, because all she wanted was to have a baby. But she became pregnant soon after we successfully treated her condition. So that really felt great because, I mean, she could not have sex before we started this treatment. And so it's just, again, something that women need to know that there is help and it, and that it does happen. It's not necessarily a, a common condition, but it's, it, well, it is a common condition. It's not that most people have this condition, but it's still a very common condition. And you're not
0: weird or an outlier if you have something like this. That's so true, right. And then again, it's so important to understand your own anatomy, understand your own natural response to to touch, to interaction, what pleases you, what doesn't please you. We I mean, can't compare with anyone else's experience. It's self-exploration, self-discovery, and communication, too, when we talk about, when you bring up the issue, again, in you know being comfortable in your sexual relationship. And it's so important because our spouse wants to please us, right? And being able to understand what feels good, what doesn't feel good, communicate it, and also uh, express yourself. Do you want to touch on that a little bit, Brianne? Oh,
1: gosh. I mean, the second, the last, uh, well, not quite the last third, but a large portion of my book is related specifically to sex and uh, sexuality specifically. And um, yeah, again, it really is just what you just said. It's getting in touch with your own body and expressing your own femininity, and um, whatever that means to you, and loving yourself in your own skin. So body image is is addressed and touched on, and learning to accept yourself exactly as you are, and just really bringing that into the bedroom can really, really help. (laughs) So there's that aspect And then there's also the physical, there's some physical techniques that you can do in the bedroom to help spark things up as well. So some, if you are one of the people that can handle kegels, pelvic floor contractions, there's some techniques that you can use to help uh, with stimulation during uh, sex that is described in the book as well. So.
0: Well, I am thrilled to talk with you, and thank you for joining us from Germany. I know it's late in the day for you. I want to encourage our listeners, Lady Bits, get comfortable with your pelvic anatomy and really reclaiming your health and reclaim your sexy. That's so beautifully important. Mm-hmm. Please check out brian's website, FemFusionFitness.com. Brianne, tell us also a little bit more how people can interact with you, get your videos, and... We'll put links on our YouTube page, our Couch Talk page. And if you're listening via iTunes podcast, please, please tune in there. Check out Quebecahealth.com forward slash Couch Talk to also be on our email list for future episodes.
1: Yeah. Well, um for my free gifts that I would love to offer your audience, I have four free feel good workouts because I believe that fitness should feel really delicious and uh feel feel good, not feel like torture. So I have four workouts that people can access. Um there will be a link that you will provide and also if you just go to my website which is themfusionfitness.com, if you go to the the main page, there's a big thing that says click here. You really can't miss it. It's under the big picture that's going to get you those four free workouts. There's also um, a link that, that I'll provide you where you can get two chapters of my book for free. So that's all on my website on
0: FemFusionFitness.com. Excellent. Thank you. So listeners, check out FemFusionFitness.com and tune in for our next Calth Talk episode. Thank you all for joining us today. Spread the word. Claim your anatomy. Thank you, Dr. <laughs> Brian Grogan. Thank you so much.